Welcome to another episode of the Dave Stockbridge Podcast. Well, the sun is shining, the birds are singing, it's Dave from Real, and thanks so much for joining me on the podcast once again, where every week I aim to bring you helpful hints and tips that I hope helps you make and save tens of thousands of dollars on your real estate journey. So regardless of whether you're buying your very first home or expanding upon your portfolio, or maybe even you're a real estate agent looking to glean some alternative information that you can apply to the benefit of your clients, well, I hope you found a home on this podcast. And you can find us wherever it is that you like to consume your content, iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Music. Uh, you'll find us there and you can join over 4,000 people that are tuning into this weekly podcast um, if you're on LinkedIn. All you've got to do is connect with me and you're going to be seeing these podcasts broadcast through LinkedIn as well. Uh, for those that are new to the podcast, every week I aim to bring you some ideas, some, some hints, some tips, some value around how it is that you can maximize your decisions in and around real estate. And uh, today I'm talking about whether an agent should show a home or sell a home. So some agents love to sell a home, whilst other agents prefer to show a home. So what is the difference? An agent that sells a home will walk a buyer through room by room. They'll point out all of the features and they'll do a whole lot of talking. An agent that shows a home gives space for buyers to engage with a home, delivers less information and lingers in the background rather than leading the buyer around the home on a tour. So which do you prefer? And which am I? The reality is that this is a really subjective point for a real estate agent and often I'll uh, alternate depending on the circumstance uh, and sometimes just depending on the purchaser, whether it's their first, second or third viewing um, and, and how much time that I might have available to show the home as well. So as you can see, there's a range of factors that might impact how it is that I go about this particular process. Um, I'm also very conscious that a buyer makes an emotional connection with the home within the first few moments of entering the home and that by selling them on the features of the home, I'm often taking the buyer out of that emotional state and into a rational one which harms my chances when negotiating. Why? Because emotion as an energy is no intelligence attached to it, but we make all our big decisions based on it. So I'd much prefer for a buyer to be emotional when discussing the price of the property than to be rational. So I don't want to be filling their head up with too much information at this very early stage. In other cases, I'll walk a buyer through the home to point out some of the features and interesting quirks. Now, this usually happens on a private show through, and this is because I'm one-on-one -on -one with the buyers. But more, more importantly, I don't just immediately start selling them on the home. I explain to the prospective purchaser that firstly, I'll walk them through and point out some of the features and then I'll leave them to it so that they can fill the home out for themselves. Um, it is really important for the agent to explain to the buyer that the initial walkthrough is just that because buyers will often want the space to discover a home for themselves. After all, the process is called house hunting for a reason. People need to find what it is thereafter. They can't be talked into after all buying a home or anything it is that they don't like, um, but they can be talked into spending a whole lot more on something they do like. So as an agent, I want to 
get out of the way and let them find out how much it is indeed that they like the home. So my preference is to allow the buyer at an open inspection to discover the home and for me to stay out of the way. At a private viewing, I, it, you can see I've got a hybrid strategy there whereby I'll walk the buyer through, sell them a little on the home and then let them drink it all in for themselves. It is my experience that most buyers who make a time buy appointment to view a property are far more likely to offer than those uh, at an open inspection. And in understanding that a buyer is more likely to offer on the home, I ensure that the buyer has all the time that they need to experience the home for themselves and has all of the vital information that they need from me as the agent to make an educated and informed decision. I see less experienced agents get all of this wrong all of the time. They want to sell when the buyer just wants to experience the home in the first place. The agent gets in the way, in other words, of the buyer establishing that all-important emotional connection and, in fact, pushes the buyer away as a result. The agent is very rarely the reason why someone will buy a home, but an agent can often be the reason why a property doesn't sell. This is the difference, of course, between a good agent and a great one. As you can see, the reason why the home doesn't sell in the scenario I've painted above has nothing to do with the brand, the marketing or pricing, but everything to do with how the agent handles the most vital part of the campaign, and that is how a buyer experiences the property and accumulates the information necessary to feel comfortable enough to make one of the biggest decisions of their lives. At Real I spend the time with my team to ensure they handle these situations beautifully and make the most of showing up home, whilst some agents are just completely oblivious as to the importance of this particular task. There is no set way to handle a property viewing, but there are best ways of approaching this very important task that largely depend on an agent's ability to read the buyer and act accordingly. If a buyer's eye line, for instance, is waist high and above, it tends to mean that they're in a highly emotional state. And that should be the cue for the agent to keep out of the way. If a buyer's, for instance, audibly asking questions of each other like, oh, how many solar panels were there again? And it was the oven gas or whatever it might be, then that should serve as the cue for the agent to offer the information. So it's important for the agent to be omnipresent at the inspection. Now, omnipresent, from my mind, is being out of sight, but within earshot, lurking in the background, ready to offer solicited information, but never overloading the buyer with too much data. Selling is less about what an agent says and more about how an agent observes and reacts. And these are less tangible skills that makes a very tangible difference to the sales result. As mentioned in my podcast and newsletter from last week where I discussed generic agents, you know, the ones that have little experience but have been trained to say the same things as the superstar agents say, the ones that I'm really talking about above who are trained how to prospect and list properties rather than how to show them and how to negotiate great outcomes. Um, and these are exactly the agents that you want to buy from but never sell with. As discussed last week, this is because the gurus that train these agents focus on how much money, or more likely to focus on how much money that uh, the vendor should be spending on their marketing budget and where they should be deploying those funds rather than how a, 
an agent should be negotiating an outcome for their vendor and how to read a buyer in order to understand the necessary cues in order to generate that outcome. Last week I discussed how you can leverage the, these agents to your advantage and there are several ways. One, as a buyer you don't want to negotiate price whilst in the home but as a buyer you do want to offer whilst in the property and I'll explain to you why in a moment. As a buyer, you do want to ensure that the agent knows you're interested, but never to the extent that you're uh, prepared to, uh, or to the extent that you're prepared to spend in order to make that home your own. Most inexperienced agents are so desperate for a sale that they'll try to negotiate with you at the home. The reason for this is because their boss is likely to ask them when they get back to the office how the open or the show through went. And if that agent doesn't have a good story that satisfies the principal, then it can make life tough for them back at the office. So in their haste to extract an offer, an inexperienced agent will often offer up a little too much information about the vendor or the vendor's circumstances in order to induce you to offer. That is why I say you do want to offer, but not negotiate. This is when I suggest to a buyer to make a, a lowish offer. I'm not talking about a, a crazy offer. I'm talking about an offer where you'd be really happy if you secured the property at that price, but you know you'd be cheeky if you did so. Uh, that's a, a good point to start off, a nice safe spot for you to begin the negotiation process. Now that might be the bottom end of a price range. If there's a price range, you're slightly there under. Uh, if, if there's a fixed price, it might be comfortably under that fixed price. But you understand what I mean when I say a lowish offer. Uh, if it's a show through, there is uh, not likely to be too many competing offers anyway. So a buyer has time to make an offer and then go away and really think about how much you're prepared to pay and how prepared you're prepared to uh, negotiate in order to make it your own. And this is why the power of the pause uh, is a fantastic negotiation tool that I want you to engage when making your lowish offer. So you make your lowish offer, then you, then you pause. You don't say a word. Usually the first who speaks in this scenario, and usually it's the inexperienced agent, who can't stand the silence and resist the temptation to say anything because they think that selling is speaking and will often offer up even more information you may find helpful in your post-show-through negotiation. They'll tell you the vendor won't take the offer because they rejected another offer of X amount or that maybe if the offer was just a little bit higher but had a quick settlement that the vendor might consider it. Um, whatever um, the uh, tidbit of information uh, that the agent offers up at this stage is uh, info that you would not have had uh, if you had not used the power of the pause. So I suggest make your offer, pause and in your mind, understand that you're not going to negotiate a cent more than that figure that you've offered until you've left the property. You're going to do all the rest of the negotiation by the phone. Why? Because even an inexperienced agent can read your body language if you're uncomfortable or if you're squirming at a particular figure. Can't read that so easily on the phone. So protect if your body language is communicating 70% of what you're saying, then take that out of the equation, put yourself in a position of strength to negotiate and ensure that you're doing so over the phone. But make that offer at the property and be stoic in doing so. 
make the offer, pause, let the uncomfortable nature of the pause expose the inexperienced agent, let them open up, let them share with you even more information in their endeavors to negotiate with you. All they'll be doing is sharing you with information that will help you negotiate against them and their vendor. So you never want to pretend or purport not to be interested in the home. This is disingenuous and even a weak and inexperienced agent can see through that strategy. Also, a vendor does not want to sell their home to someone who doesn't love it or value their home. So it's always good to express your enthusiasm. So this will play into the narrative that, that the agent creates when speaking with the vendor about the offer that you've just made. You can almost hear the agent say now, they love it, but they only have X to offer. And good news is that they love it and, um, and they might pay more, but I just don't know how much more they'll pay. Uh, your initial offer naturally sets you up for negotiation. So I would suggest that you expect to secure the home, not at that price, and that you might need to move in order to make it your home. But it's a good way to set up the process uh, to help you secure it for a better price than you would have otherwise. So there you have it. Another bunch of hints and tips that I hope helps you make and save tens of thousands of dollars on your property journey. And I look forward to bringing you more next week. I'm Dave from Real. And we'll speak with you soon. Thanks for tuning in again to this episode of the Dave Stobridge Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook or subscribe to us on iTunes. And we look forward to bringing you more next week.